sisters doing it for themselves. That's what we're talking about this week. What about the brothers? Screw them. Well, we're going to give some brothers some love. <laughs> Welcome. It's all about underestimated women. That's the topic this week. This is the Fright Club podcast. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And we're from madwolf.com. And you know what? Actually, at the time that we are recording this podcast, we got some sad news today. Yeah. Some real, it's a bummer. I didn't even know Jonathan Demi was having some health problems. I Apparently, didn't either. He's been fighting some, and he passed away today. It's, yeah, really, really sad. As you know, Silence of the Lambs is my all-time favorite film. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's hardly, I mean, he has made so many just brilliant, you know, Philadelphia, mm. Stop Making Sense. Oh, yeah. Ra- was it Rachel at the Wedding? Rachel Getting Married, yeah. You yeah. loved that I one. I did, I did. That was one of the smaller ones he did. Yeah, a real talent and a real loss and a real... As I said, a real surprise, I think, to a lot of people, us yeah, included. Yeah. Uh, just hate to get that. So, you know, thoughts are with his family, and uh, it's also always a good time to to look back at a person like that and their their body of work. Which is, and, his uh, is just amazing. And he's he's got one. And, uh, yeah, we've mentioned on this podcast many times that that is your all-time favorite movie, and I certainly love it. Yeah. And it's one that you can just go back and study about not study in the way of The Shining with a bunch of theories, but study in the way it's put together. It's amazing. And I've said, you know, a lot of times, it, you know, it's a, it's a movie about a guy who eats people, who helps the FBI track down a guy who wears people, and, and it won all five of the, the major Oscars that yeah, year. Di- director, film, actor, actress, screenplay, which yeah. only three other movies have ever done. Amazing. Just amazingly constructed amazing performances yeah. and yeah a, a real great work and another tragic loss for the uh, entertainment world so uh r.i.p mr jonathan demi so sad to get that news today but we do want to say uh since this is the first time we're talking since our 100th podcast a couple of weeks ago thank you for the incredible turnout that yeah. was a blast it was it was so fun it was great to see everybody it was yeah it was really really fun yeah and uh we've got those those new Fright Club t-shirts 2.0, just $5, $5, and uh, we'll be selling them till they're gone. But uh, yeah, thanks for the uh, the good time, gave away a lot of prizes, had a lot of fun, watched a great movie, We Are What We Are, the original Spanish version. I think a lot of people in the crowd had not seen it. No, I think a lot of had seen the American remake, which we've mentioned before is a good movie. Yeah, it's fine. It's, I mean, I enjoyed it, but the, the Spanish original is, is it's a Mexican, uh, is, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so all around good time, and we look forward to the next edition of Fright Club Live. That is going to be May the 10th, and who oh boy, this one is going to be, I don't know, does this one uh, merit a merit badge? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. It's a beautiful movie. I mean, it's gorgeous, gorgeous film to watch on the big screen. And, and you know, whether or not you need a merit badge kind of depends on your tolerance for genital mutilation. Right. It's Antichrist. It's Lars von Trier. Always an interesting filmmaker, Always. even when he's not, you know, even when he he does a movie that I don't particularly care for, uh, he's always worth seeing what he's doing. No, and I mean, point out, you do care for this one. I do, I yeah, do. I love and, this And as you said, it's a beautiful film to look at, but it does go, it goes in some really... Oh, it does. Painful directions, and uh, because of that, we're going to be talking about tools. Yeah, well, we took a vote, right? Because uh, it's basically a Cabin in the Woods film horror movie mm-hmm. um and and uh, and it's a it's a it's an amazing movie and you don't really realize it's a horror movie until they get to the cabin and then you're like oh, oh sure yeah so i was gonna do cabin in the woods horror but we took a vote at fright club live the hundredth podcast episode and uh tools it's mm-hmm. gonna be toolbox okay yep so fright club live wednesday may 10th antichrist 
Toolbox is the topic. Make it out there if you can. Gateway Film Center, uh, High Street in Columbus, Ohio. We'd love to see you. And we want to give another plug, another thank you, first of all, to the B-Movie Bros podcast with Phantom Dark Dave. We were their guests recently. Yes. And uh, we're going to return the favor here sometime coming up soon. Yeah. So, and I'm not sure when their podcast is going to air, but we will uh, we will make sure to get it out there when it does. And thanks for having us. Yeah, that was interesting. We just talked about really kind of a free-ranging conversation about uh, our favorite eras in horror and our favorite films and just kind of went all over the place. Yeah, it's fun, though. It was fun. Uh, so we'll look forward to that. All right, so it's Underestimated Women this week. The top five, there's some goodies, ones that I think, we, I think we've talked a little bit uh, about all of these movies at least one time or mm. another. But uh, there's a bunch you wanted to give some props to that didn't quite crack the top five. Yeah, well, so one of the things, we did one, uh, I don't know, sometime back, Final Girls. And um, and you'll find some Final Girls on here, too. But, but um, uh, you know, not all of the folks that made this list are good guys, which is fine. I'm good with that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. They can um, still be underestimated. Yeah, absolutely. But one of the things, I mean, it's there, there are a lot of, it's, it's kind of a, a common theme in horror, because in, in horror, so often women are being victimized. So there are like millions of these that we thought about, like Carrie White, for example. Mm-hmm. Nobody expected that out of her, did they? <laughs> you know, or Mrs. Voorhees. That was a surprise. Oh, kindly Mrs. Voorhees. That was a surprise. I mean, there are a whole sort of, you know, Hush, which was a, a Netflix original, which is very, very much like Wait Until Dark, you know, where sort of the, in both cases, there's a blind, yeah, you know, protagonist and, uh, you know, God help you if you cross her, sort of a thing. Well, Wait Until Dark, especially, not only was she blind, but she was little Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. It's very, so, yeah, yeah, underestimated there, definitely. Yeah. And of course, we love Housebound. Right. And that I think that fits. And then, you know, there's, you know, I spit on your grave. That's really the point of the whole movie. Uh, American Mary is another great one where she's a doctor. And the whole reason that things go badly for the doctor who trains her is because he didn't he didn't see it coming. (laughs) And that is underestimated, whether in a good or an evil way. Right. Uh, So those are some that just cracked, just bubbling under. The top five. Well, we're going to start with one that uh, this was actually on the big screen at Fright Club Live here not too long ago. And it's from 2002, a lonely young woman traumatized by a difficult childhood and her increasingly desperate attempts to connect with the people around her is sent into a murderous tailspin. It's May. So what do you do, May? I work at the animal hospital. When I left for vacation, my dog had four legs. Now, she only has three. You can't sew it back on, can you? I could. Oh, you crazy bitch! (laughs) Actually, I kind of liked it. Does stuff freak you out? Nothing freaks me out. Do you feel weird doing this? If you can't find a friend, make one. What you reading about? Amputation. <laughs> Angela Bettis. I love her so much in this movie. She she's like a gift to us in this movie. She's so great, and and she's just she's just per, the perfect sort of embodiment of this incredibly socially awkward person who is so desperate to just make a human connection. You root for her so much, but then there's just really something wrong with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah she is uh, also. This is Lucky McKee. Yep. Right and uh, writer director. Yeah, and uh, Angela is kind of a favorite of his. Uh, that we'll talk about probably a little bit more in the countdown here. But yeah, this is an interesting one. Not only is she underestimated, but she looks so frail. She really and does. so small. Yeah, she does. Which which feeds into it. And then, of course, she makes her own clothes. So so she's, she works at it's a veterinarian. She, <laughs> she works at a veterinarian's office. And so if she's not wearing sort of her veterinary smock, she has on these 
weird clothes that she's sewn together and she's got kind of a lazy eye and some glasses and you know there, you just uh, you just people some... just kind of pity her and take advantage of her and and then so when it turns and it kind of turns midway through the film you know Jeremy Sisto she's got this profound crush on his character and and, and what do we call him my foot hurts that's right <laughs> And if ever if you listen to this podcast, you know it's because of his uh, great work in <laughs> Clueless. He just puts his hand up. My foot hurts. Got to go to the nurse. Okay. But it's funny. Anna Ferris is great in she this is. movie. She and really she's is. She's very flirty, and but she takes advantage of her. It's like that's really what it is. Everybody just takes advantage of her because they sort of pity her, and they also know that she's a bit of a loser, and that you know throw her a little attention. And then Anna Ferris is sort of girlfriend later just despises her, but still everybody yeah. deems her tremendously harmless to their detriment. Yeah, exactly. And I guess originally the film opened with a lengthy introduction uh, to May as a child, but then it, I think the prevailing wisdom that the movie was taking too long to get to its point, so uh, they cut out a lot of those scenes. But the opening with the adult May, with the first scene of her and her doll, were shot quickly and just only to make the point that she was lonely as quickly as possible. They Apparently, in the beginning of, of filming, they wanted to give it more of a backstory, but wanted to get right to the point. I'm glad they did. Oh, yeah. Because, um, you know, you get a couple of flashes of her child, but a lot of times I think, her childhood, but a lot of times I think that can be easily overdone. And, you know, it. I think uh, things like that are better left to the imagination. You know, what exactly it was that set her on this path and why she's so brittle. Yeah. Yeah, we've mentioned that before. Every... Every character, every killer, I guess, doesn't have to have some psychological backstory uh, to make it effective. No, in fact, a lot of times I think that in you sequel to death a movie and you almost automatically at some point go to an origin story and that very frequently wrecks it all. I don't want to know why Leatherface wears people's faces. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I don't want to know these things. And so uh, so I appreciate that they cut that out. And and, um, uh, and and I think it helps you notice more the way other people respond to her and not just how she responds to other people. And I think if you'd gotten a lot of her childhood, that's that's more of the focus that you would get. And it's got a wonderful sense of humor, I it think. It does. Especially with the name. you got to love the name Adam Stubbs. <laughs> because of what happens to him. <laughs> not too many spoilers, but Adam Stubbs is awesome. And uh, there's a uh, cameo. Lucky McKee is the man with his girlfriend in the elevator two times. <laughs> That's right. So he pops up. And that is May, number five on our underestimated women. Don't cross her. 2002, uh, it's May. Uh, moving up to number four, one of Hope's very favorite. Well, not mm -hmm. very favorite. We talked about your very favorite movie, but uh, this is one of your favorites. When Brent turns down his classmate Lola's invitation to the prom, she concocts a wildly violent plan for revenge. From 2009, The Loved Ones. Will you go to the dance with me? Sorry, Lola. I'm done with Holly. I'm going to stab Holly in the heart. Just like you did to me. We were just recommending this movie to somebody the other day in conversation. Your friend from work who has a movie club, like other people's book clubs, and it gets alphabetical. Oh, and yeah. he has to do L. L, that's right. And, and we boom, were like, loved ones. Loved ones. So uh, <laughs> let's just say, let's just go ahead and say, you're welcome. <laughs> but this is a lot of fun. And it also has that black sense of humor. Oh, very. A very mischievous sense of humor. Very. But, but the whole thing 
is just driven by this main character and this main performance. Lola, whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. Um, yeah, uh, she is nuts. And um, and just a brilliant, Rob McLeavy, just a brilliant performance by Rob McLeavy. It's just this, oh my God, uh, you know, she goes from being sort of a little bit, you know, in that May sense, you feel badly for her in the one of her first scene, you know, as she asks this boy to the dance with her and, and he's already got a girlfriend and then you feel a little badly for her. And then the next thing you know, you're like, oh, no, that was that was a mistake to feel bad for. It was a mistake to say no. Uh, I think it would have been a mistake to say yes as well. Either, either way. way, either way, it wasn't going to turn out well. And you're right. She is great. And uh, the director, Sean Byrne. He had a Robin prepare for the role by researching the Je- Jeffrey Dahmer. Wow. Researching the works of Jeffrey Dahmer. Ohio and State I- University student. Did you know Yes, that? I did know that. As, as well as watching Misery, Natural Born Killers, and a bunch of Quentin Tarantino films. <laughs> Just to get her in the spirit. Yeah. That is awesome. And and Sean Byrne, is, who who just did The Devil's Candy uh, mm-hmm. this year, which we like very much, um, the way he films this is so great, especially at a certain point in the movie, there's this pink dress, and it's just crawling towards you, and you really <laughs> should, and that's the thing, is like every, well, much like a lot of sort of serial killer movies, don't think she's done, because right. she's not done. Yeah. But she does have a really special relationship with her dad. <laughs> and by the way, John Jarrett was approached to play daddy. <gasps> oh, my God. Apparently, he turned it down to avoid typecasting. But uh, wouldn't have that, that would have been something oh else. Oh, my God. That would have been so great. Wow. But they do. They do have a special relationship. And uh, mom is also quite an interesting part of the family. Bright eyes. Bright eyes. And, uh, yeah, I like you mentioned the pink dress. There's a great use of color in a yeah. lot of scenes. Yeah, there really is. Because it is based around... In part, it's based around a prom, right. a prom theme, so they get that sort of stuff worked into it with the lights and the disco balls. Oh, plus, there's some. we talked about the humor. There's a, a great side plot of this yeah. other couple that is going to the dance, this nerdy kind of guy and this tough goth girl, and they are a scream. They are. They are. But you know what? The whole thing, there's a real undercurrent of of grief. You know that that informs so much of the the film, and particularly of the the behavior of the adult characters in the film. Yeah. And um and Byrne, he's a very tight writer. You know, it's like there are scenes early on, and you don't realize how connected they are until later on. I mean, the whole thing—it's a really well put together film. Not only grief, but I think there's a bit of a current of desensitization, mm-hmm. just kind of numbing yourself, yeah, yeah. to certain things. Uh, but at the same time, can get just so mischievously fun but bloody and oh, um, brutal and it is a brutal, brutal film it's a brutal film yeah, yeah there are some scenes that uh, and the guy that plays um her well her wannabe boyfriend xavier samuel yeah he popped up in a movie a couple of years ago that we really liked called love and friendship yeah whit stillman's adaptation of jane austen it's a, really i love the movie beginning 10 it's a great movie but he's and it's funny i already knew he was in it when i saw it and i still was going who's that guy <laughs> you're never gonna recognize him from this movie well he, he doesn't have that really long he, hair and he doesn't have a hole in his forehead right uh and he's just such a totally different character but yeah you look at him and go, i know that face somewhere if you like him totally different kind of movie but a very we enjoyed it. Very yeah. good movie yeah. from a couple of years ago called uh, Love and Friendship. But that's not the loved ones. And this is number four on our list of underestimated women. Lola, do not underestimate her. That's your peril. Uh, that is number four. 
Moving up to number three, one of the classics, really, from 1999. A widower takes an offer to screen girls at a special audition arranged for him by a friend to find him a new wife. And the one he fancies is not who she appears to be after all. It's audition. Takashi Miike, one of our favorites and definitely one of our favorite films of his. Oh, no question. It's a sly, slow build, this movie. And it's so creepy. And uh, I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce her name. Ihai Sheena plays uh, the young woman who wins the audition. And uh, and uh, her new suitor is repaid for his deception. So it starts off as like this kind of unsettling May-December romance. And it it does move very slowly. And then it just turns on a, I was going to say a dime, but more on a burlap sack. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, oh man, when that, when that, spoiler alert, when that burlap sack moves in the background. <laughs> what, what a shock. Yeah. What a shock. But yeah, she's so underestimated because, again, of her stature. Yeah. She's small and she's meek. And I think... That also makes is making a point about um, the culture. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think so, too. Yeah, and what he is looking for in a suitable mate. Yep. You know? And uh, she just goes right along with it for, for a time. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, like you said, paying him back for his deception. Oh, man. In such painful ways. And of oh, course, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, and, and, and in, after that uh, turn... You know, it gets there is a little very, very dark comedy in here periodically. Uh, You know, one of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite lines is a a cop was saying, you know, we tried to reassemble the bodies and we found an extra ear, you know, and then it just builds to one of cinema's goriest and most uncomfortable climaxes. Yeah. And apparently at one point anyway, Mike wanted to end the film at the really onset of the torture scene that, like you say, the movie is now famous for, but one of the producers apparently told him to be a man and see it through to the end. Wow. Wow. That's, I mean, I just, not that I'm glad he did, but it doesn't seem like Mike is somebody you really have to ask to push the envelope. Yeah, it doesn't. That that's, I mean, that's one account. Mm -hmm. So sometimes these, these accounts of behind the scenes aren't always what they appear to be. But yeah, because you're right, he's not one that in his other work tends to dial it down. No, he does not. But, uh, and yeah, it would be, because it, it, it's so effective and it so just burns the film in your memory. It really does. And it's funny because, you know, it's subtitled, and but what whatever it is she's saying in Japanese sounds for all the world like, giddy, 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 giddy. Yeah. Which now makes that creepy to me. Like, I don't like to hear people call their cats home. It just, just creeps me out. <laughs> and again, spoiler alert here. Um, I'm sure you you know the, the scene we're talking about. But in the original story that it's based on, both feet were taken off Ooh. during that scene. And then it went through the part where we just talked about in the script where there was no uh, dismembering before the movie ended. And then, in the end, Mike decided only one should be should be uh, removed, that it just kind of, I guess, split the difference. I was going to say, like, how exactly do you, I mean, like, what's your mathematical equation there? I don't know. (laughs) And we were just talking about Tarantino, and uh, he was quoted as saying, this is one of the true masterpieces, if there ever was one. Yeah, I I mean, I have to agree. You know, uh, very much like uh, several of the other movies we talked about today, even, but it's meticulously put together. Yeah, very true. And that is Audition from 1999, the classic. And I think 
we had heard at one point that there was plans to have an, an English language a, remake, an English but language I think remake. that died. Was it the uproar that, that we could, could they hear us screaming? Maybe. <laughs> it wasn't just us. No. It wasn't. A lot of people said, no, please, please don't just leave it as it is. Uh, audition, uh, number three in our list of underestimated women. Moving up to number two, a movie that we have been talking about revisiting for a while now. And just for this podcast, we finally did. It's from 2011 when the Davison family comes under attack during their wedding anniversary getaway. A gang of mysterious killers soon learns that one of the victims harbors a secret talent for fighting back. You might even say she's underestimated. It's your next. Why would anybody do this? They've been watching us for days. This wasn't a random attack. So we've mentioned many times that we didn't maybe like this as well as a lot of other people, but this was the perfect chance to revisit it. And uh, yeah, got a better opinion of it now. Yeah. I mean, every so often that does happen to everybody. I remember I was saying to you, the first time I saw The Strangers, I was so distracted by how stupid Liv Tyler's character was <laughs> that it, I had a hard time appreciating the film. And then when, I, when you revisit it, I mean, The Strangers is a great movie and everybody should see it. Um, and so, uh, you know, I kind of put off rewatching this and I didn't dislike it. I just didn't like it as well as sort of, you know, the, the general consensus was very high on it. And, um, uh, but you know, yeah. And, and, but I love the, the character, um, the one Australian at the party, right. Played by Sharni Vinson. She's underestimated, like from beginning to end, she just is. And it's, a, so the story, right. A, a wealthy family gets together for their parents, Barbara Crampton, by the way, who is hot. I'm just going to say it. She's 60 years old. <laughs> I rewatched this movie. Well. Oh, my God. She's just gorgeous. Anyway, so uh, for their 35th wedding anniversary, they get together in their secluded lake or cabin in the woods. And it's not a cabin. It's a big, glorious mansion oh, yeah. in the woods. And then they come under attack by uh, guys with bows and arrows and animal masks. Which doesn't qualify. I, I, I've declared my appreciation for animal heads. Right, but a now, mask isn't enough? No, it's, it's got to be the whole head. got to be the whole head, just to <laughs> clarify. All right, please, please continue. <laughs> and I, one of the reasons that I know for a fact, one of the reasons that I didn't like the movie as well as I should have when I saw it the first time is the trailer scared me to death, right? Because you see these, these, you know, it's like a rabbit mask and like a lamb mask mm -hmm. and you see them in the window and they've written your next and as you know, I'm terrified of the woods. Yeah. Terrified of the woods. So I really expected the movie to be scarier than it was and it's not scary it is clever and it's mostly about family bickering really but this character who she's there with her boyfriend to meet his family and her boyfriend is a college professor and she's his ta and you know he probably doesn't think much ever the family definitely doesn't think much ever they even make a joke early on about how it's not really very professional you know and then as soon as the first victim dies who is who is by the way ty west filmmaker ty west um She's the only one who knows what to do. Everybody else is just screaming and flailing and she's controlled and she knows what to do and she oh, has yeah. a plan and uh, she has a good plan and she has a lot of other strategies and she thinks on her feet and she punches like a kangaroo and she's just, <laughs> she's just great news. Yeah. She turned out to be very industrious with a few tools. Mm -hmm. We were discussing yes. tools and sets little traps almost 
not quite home alone-ish, but some, you know, these these stupid intruders fall right into her plans oh, yeah. and they end up with some pain. Yeah. And yeah, she and she quickly it, it's funny to see the reactions of some especially the guys yeah. where they see what she's doing like, "Damn." Yeah. You know, this girl's bringing it. Yeah. And you're going to save all your asses. Yeah, it's and and uh, there's at one point her boyfriend the college professor, he says he's going to make a break for it. He's going to run for the car and get help. And he doesn't come back for a very, very long time. And at one point, his brother says to her, you know, he's strong. He'll be fine. And she says, no, he's not. But thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. The one guy, the guy in the tiger mask, uh, Simon Barrett, he's, yeah, he's he wrote the he's script. He's a writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was directed by Adam Wingard. Who has so he also did the guest, which I like very much, and then he did Blair Witch last right. year, which you and I like. Not a lot of other people did, but we I were very know. and Simon. I mean, the two of them worked together on all three of those films. Yeah, I still think Blair Witch is his best movie, even though I like this one better now. I still think Blair Witch is his mes- best movie, and yeah, I was surprised at the uh, amount of people who really disliked Blair Witch. Yeah, the, me the, too. The sequel, I was I was surprised. I at liked that, it but, too, but it's funny. So this film really represents this kind of filmmaking collective that have always worked together. Did a lot of VHS the the series shorts for VHS, and including Ty West. He is part of that. Joe Swanberg plays one of the brothers. He's of course yeah. made a lot of movies. He's made a lot of movies with these guys. AJ Bowden is another who's always in it. I like to bring him up because I like the movie The Signal. Oh, yeah. And he's in it, and he's the best part of it. He's this big exterminator, and, and the signal is fun because it's like a zombie movie, except you go crazy instead, and he's very, very funny. Anyway, so um, it's a, it's an interesting group of people that you they, they all seem to get inside each other's movies, and sometimes I think some of them are better filmmakers than actors, but um, <laughs> but it was just, you know, it's always kind of fun to see them back together as a group. It just makes it seem like making movies is fun. Yeah, so a renewed appreciation as we promised to watch uh, your next again, and we did. Number two on our list of underestimated women from 2011. And that leaves only room at the top. You could probably guess. You think? If, I don't know. If you've know. listened to uh, this podcast before at all. Again, from the same year, 2011, a successful country lawyer captures and attempts to civilize the last remaining member of a violent clan in The Woman. This is our project. And it's a secret. What are we going to do with her? We're going to help her. We're going to train her, civilize her, free her from herself, from her baser instincts. Do you really think we should be doing this? Do we really get to keep her? We do. Pollyanna McIntosh. She's my hero, as you know. She's my best friend. <laughs> she cuts quite a figure here. She does, man. She is so great in this movie. Does I mean, not a word. You know, doesn't speak a word. And um, and uh, Sean Bridgers also is so great. He as, is so uh, great. Chris Cleese. The, Chris the Cleek. Cleek. That's yeah. right. The uh, the patriarch of the family. And and, and again, Angela Bettis, uh, favorite of Lucky Mickey's, as you mentioned. Um, who wrote and directed this, and just to point out, for him to have two films in the top five about underestimated women says quite something about the way he makes horror movies, so God bless you. Yeah, and bring me up to speed again on the connection between this and the movie Offspring from 2009. So Jack Ketchum wrote a story that turned into, he's written a lot of stories that turned into horror movies, lots and lots of them, uh, turned into The Offspring, and it's not a great movie, and it's, uh, it's, it's, there's a whole clan of 
the woman's people. And she's in it, though. Pauline McIntosh in it as the same character. And they basically eat people. And it's just not very good. It's a little bit like The Hills Have Eyes, except that they come to your house. It's pretty lackluster. But she's great in it. She's better still in this. And in this one, she's the last surviving member of this clan, at least for a while. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and so she's, she's out in the forest and he's a hunter and he brings her home. Like he catches her, hunts her, catches her, brings her home, ties her up in the shed. You know, what's just fascinating about her performance. Again, she doesn't say anything is that she's never not intimidating. Like never, she's never afraid. She's never worried. Like the whole time you're just like, she's, she's going to kill you at some point. She's (laughs) going to kill you at some point. Um, and she's just always, even when she's chained up and being tormented, it's just a matter of time before she's back in control. Yeah, and there was a novel, a Jack Ketchum, again, mm-hmm, written mm-hmm. in conjunction with this movie. And it's got a lot of interesting extra facts about the story and the characters. And it's clear that the woman, even before anybody else knows, can tell that Peggy is pregnant. Right. Just knows it right away. I guess the passage in the book, when the first time that she meets Peggy and mom, she uh, addresses them in Gaelic. In a in a sentence that is that uh, is translated into "Will you help me, mothers?" Mm, plural. Wow. So she knows right away uh, before we do, I guess that that Peggy is uh, pregnant. So there's a lot of. I don't think I caught this until I'm probably the third or fourth time I'd watch this movie, but I do think the first time she sees Peggy, I'm not sure I could tell from the woman's reaction, but I uh, you could tell from Peggy's reaction. She, uh, you know, I, I think she feels like she's outed. Yeah. You know, uh, so it, they convey that. That's another thing about this movie. A lot of people, I think, find it difficult to watch. It's a very hard movie to watch. And it's a hard movie to see as anything feminist unless you go all the way through it. Sit yeah. all the way through it and then you'll go, oh, got it. Yes. But there's a lot. You pick up a lot more after the first time you see it. So much of what happens the first time is so jarring that you miss a lot. But I mean, everything about it is really well thought out right down to the cookies. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think there's uh, just a really great streak of subversive humor yes, to it, too. Absolutely. Especially about the the, the family unit mm-hmm. and what makes the perfect traditional family. And a lot of that is driven by Sean Bridger's performance. Just the look in his eye and the smirk on his face and the things that he feels that he needs to hand down to his son. Uh, just perfect. He's perfect. He's perfect. And the kid, the son is, I mean, the whole cast, aside from, as I've mentioned many times, a science teacher, she's got awful. But everybody else in this cast is so, so good. And you're right. And I think in a lot of ways, it, it's just here, as is this character of the woman, to kind of rethink patriarchy. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it, it just, that's really what the whole movie sort of does. Yeah. And there's, there's that great scene too, where there's a chance for maybe mom to, Help her help out. Help her out. And she's looking at her. And that's when I think she sealed her fate. Oh, because yeah. <laughs> there was a chance there. Mm-hmm. She might have, the woman might have taken pity on you when uh, it all came down to it. But you, you didn't step up. You didn't step up. And uh, not wise to underestimate the woman and try to quote unquote civilize no, her. No. And what I love, I think, and this is why this one made uh, the top slot, is that when it came down to it, push came to shove, end of the movie, there's no question who's alpha. Oh, no. And that's that's uh, you. You questioned it, Mr. <laughs> Cleek. And that that's the problem right you got, there. You got cleeked. You got cleeked by the woman. Number one on our underestimated horror list. Uh, that movie from 2011. The top two from 2011 this time. So a good year. All right. Let us know what you think. Who else is underestimated that we missed or maybe the order is wrong. Whatever. Or you're 
your thoughts about uh, Jonathan Demme's movies. Always mm. love to hear that, too. Chime in on Twitter. That's the best way to keep the conversation going. Uh, we're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. On Facebook, it's Mad Wolf Columbus, and the main website is MadWolf.com. So we hope to see you Wednesday, May 10th, Gateway Film Center for Antichrist, and big conversation about tools. <laughs> tool time. <laughs> with not Tim the Tool Man Taylor. No, no, no. No, tool time with... Lars von Trier, which is a totally different ballgame. Yes, very different. So we appreciate it as always. Until next time, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. Sisters! Ah!